The Protect Your Neck Podcast. Top five crowd reactions in MMA with special guest co-host Jordan Killian. As per usual, we went deep, ladies and gentlemen, so strap in. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analyst is work you can find over at MMAJunkie.com, but on this year's program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA, and in a bit of a different way. Uh, we Usually we do our breakdown shows, we break down the action of the weekend's fight cards, as there's usually a plethora, but not to timestamp these shows too much, obviously the times we are in, in the year of 2020 and COVID-19, the coronavirus, yes, Sure, we're all tired of hearing about it, but those are the times we're in. So thankfully, uh, this program has another form of entertainment that we can lean on. A form of entertainment I've been wanting to get back to, which is the top five shows. Uh, Top five, it's something that everybody does. It's a concept we're all familiar with. And how we apply it here on this show is that we essentially will pick a history topic in MMA with a co-host who I have with me today, and we will dive deep in that co-host, one of my favorite co-hosts, one of the co-hosts with the mostest, because he is a hostess himself. He's got the experience. He's got a much more talent than me. So uh, it's it's good to have him back on. That is Jordan Killian, at JYork87 on Twitter. Yo, dude, you call me a hostess like I work at Chili's. You know... <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I would. You know, I never really thought about that. The the hostess with the mostess, you really can really kind of turn that around, can't you? Because, uh, yeah, that that, that is like, what the heck? Is everybody in your party here? I'm sorry, I can't see you yet then. By the way, um, like, me and Jordan are both just not hot enough to have scored those roles. I I say that, Jordan, because I don't know about you, but, like, you know, like, uh, you're looking at the tipping industry, at least, uh, you know, I don't know how it is in Chicago. Obviously, it's an industry town as well, but Vegas, a particular industry town, right? And I'm like, man, you know, I'm looking at busboy jobs and waiter jobs. I'm like, I want the hostess job. You just stand there, oh, you look yeah. pretty. That's the cush. You get you get hit on by a bunch of creepy dudes. Like, you know, and you go home. <laughs> that may not be a perk, but yeah, but, I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> but no, but but yeah, no, I, I get you. Like, it is always a super easy job. But I, I think in my experience, they always give it to like really young kids, yes. like 16 year olds and stuff like that. So it's not too much to overwhelm them. Uh, one of my favorite things I've ever seen happen though is one time this like uh, 16 or 17 year old girl had just had it with this Janet boomer that was like trying to get seated. And she kept coming up and asking like, when is our table ready? And the lady was like, the the girl was like, ma'am, do you want to look at this book? Let me show you this book. She was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want And she's like, no, 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 no. Here, look at this book. And so she like pulled the thing out. She was like, your name's right here. She's like, they have to get a seat and then they have to get a seat. And after them, then you get a seat. And it was just great to see this 17 year old totally dressed down this 55 year old entitled lady. It was awesome. Dude. That, that reminds me of a comedy sketch, but I feel like, I don't know about you, Jordan, have you been like overly watching Netflix that everything's like starting to bleed together? Because that I, totally I, reminds me of, of another story that was funny, but no, I don't know. I am the Tiger King at this point. Oh my God. That was my mistake. I, I stayed up too late watching, you know, getting, going down that rabbit hole. And I'm not going to be a spoiler person because kind of like I said on, <laughs> on my last live chat, I, I feel like A, spoilers have been worse in this generation in general, Jordan. Yeah. But now quarantine time, like now everybody's getting around to watch stuff, which is cool and good for you. And I, I'm not trying to rain on the parade. 
But my goodness, are things getting spoiled left and right on podcasts if you're not uh, if you're not up to date right now during mm-hmm. quarantine time? I know, man. Like I've had to like uh, uh, really catch myself a couple times because Tiger King I was good on, but I started listening to a podcast yesterday, and they uh, I forget. I don't even remember what they were talking about, but it was a new show that had like just recently come out in the last week or so. They were like already spoiling it, and uh, it was Westworld. They were already talking about the second episode of Westworld, which had just aired Sunday, and I was like, I haven't watched it yet. Fucking chill. Yeah, I know, and, and uh, it, it, it's, it, it's funny because um, there was something I was watching on Tiger King. I'm like, ooh, this is good because it's not a spoiler, and it's totally like MMA kind of centric, and it's something weird that me and Jordan would totally riff on, and now I can't remember it for the life of me, but... I'm uh I'm, I think I'm like four episodes in and, and uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the wild ride because again it's about characters. Like I appreciate characters. You don't have to agree with them, but mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm saying. Like like I don't uh, agree with Trump. Not to get political or anything. I'm I'm not near that side. But at the same time, like I, I don't hate the guy to the point where it will ruin my day. Like I can actually laugh at his stupidity. Now I don't agree with it. But again, it's like it, it, he he looked at a he looked at an eclipse. It's hilarious. that's objectively hilarious. Like, like you should be able to sit there and laugh at something like that, right? Because people will see me like reacting to it, like you know, uh, who, who, whom I I live with or family, friends or whatever, and they'll be like, "What you like that?" I'm like, "No, I'm just laughing at the stupidity and madness of it all." Like, Come on, it's funny. And, you should be able to take yourself out of a situation and be able to laugh at stuff. And to tether back into MMA, we have characters like that, right? Like for example, I, I actually wasn't a big fan of. Uh, the Diaz brothers, when I first saw Nick Diaz fighting Sean Shirk back in the day at UFC 56 or 58, I'm like, who's this disrespectful dude flip, flipping off the camera? But kind of like I posted on my Twitter timeline, I did a little flashback to the uh, Diaz Condit primetime episode one where they're mm-hmm. talking to the teacher. And you're like getting a more of a glimpse of like who Nick yeah. Diaz is. And again, you still don't have to agree with him, but you're like, OK, I, I get it a little more. I get it. Yeah, I think I was like the last person on earth to come around to the Diaz brothers. Like it was it was pretty recent. Where I was like, yeah, like I, I appreciate that they're good and like talented and like good for the sport, but like never been into them. But like, but pretty like within the last maybe six months, I've kind of turned the corner and now I'm like, don't be scared, homie. Totally, totally, right, right. Um, no, no. So I okay. I, at least I don't feel alone on that because I, I feel like it was blasphemy me to say anything like negative about the Diaz brothers. Like what? What, bro? I know their fans. Their fans are very big. Have oh, this is a. A whole tangent on its own, so I'm sorry. Stop me if I'm going far too far off base here. There's a video. Uh, I want to say it's probably six or seven years old. It's a YouTube video. It's like of this dude who gets in a car accident and he's like pretty messed up. Like he's bleeding. He may have some head trauma and he's just spouting off Diaz brothers quotes like into the camera. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck is going on? This guy just, like, totaled his vehicle, needs to be in the hospital, and he's like, don't be scared, homie. DA's 209, motherfucker. Yeah, it was great, it was great. It was like, it was like, it reminded me of, uh, like, what's his name, Jason, Jason Knight Light. Not to rhyme, but that's the dude look like. By the way, we're like eight minutes in, I don't think I've even given the the listeners here the, uh, the, the topic we're tackling. Top five crowd reactions, which... I got a shout out out to like, uh, like I said in the live chat, um, uh, Brad from the M- uh, uh, the MMA Analysis podcast. He actually recommended this to me, like not even like a week ago. And I'm like, that's a good one. I put it in the topic pool, and I was going back and forth with, forth with Jordan. Uh, this one popped out, and and we're like, yeah, let's 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 tackle it. So, uh, Jordan, obviously, as you know, you know more than most topics. It's not there's no hard and fast rules in this podcast, right? The, the lunatics kind of run the asylum. Uh, being different or taking an alternate take is not discouraged at all. But how did you 
approach a, a topic that is essentially kind of general, right? I mean, top five uh, crowd reactions in MMA. Yeah, it, I, I feel like I kind of, as I was making my list, I kind of narrowed myself into one lane, but there is a little bit of, of spread as far as like, because you're going to get different types of reactions throughout the whole event. So like it was hard for me to pinpoint like what counts. And I feel like anytime you've got a crowd in an MMA environment and they are reacting, it should count. So it's, I think it's a pretty broad topic. I, I, I agree. You know, and kind of like I said on the tweet, uh, when I tweet out these shows, um, by the way, at the PYN podcast, if you want to follow that or just follow me on Twitter at Dan Tom MMA. Um, it's like, you know, pretty much comes down to like, okay, crowd reactions, whether it's like, you know, chance, memorable ones, questionable chance, right? Uh, al- yeah. Altercations in some cases, maybe, mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah. Um, to just obviously uh, memorable moments, whether they bled through the screen or there could be some bias in your list or mine. I know we both have, you know, been to our fair share of MMA shows, which is fair to say. And a lot of those times, those stories uh, make the list. And you don't even have to be at an, at an MMA show, but in general, a lot of these picks can have a strong personal bias and that's okay so long as there's a there's a story behind it. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I tried not to put any uh, personal picks from like people yelling at me at uh, at shows because that's happened. Fighters' families yelling at me, stuff like that. But but <laughs> I didn't I didn't put any of that stuff in there. I'm not trying to air dirty laundry. So well, well, well okay, <laughs> that's oh, that's we have to ask you off air. But uh, we all know my favorite uh, crowd reaction that Jordan Killian got. It was not at a UFC fight. It was at a Buffalo Wild Wings when uh true. when Tito <laughs> beat Bader. <laughs> Yeah, that was that guy. I'm pretty sure that guy was ready to stand up, scream Trump 2020, even though he didn't know it was going to happen yet, yes. and beat the shit out of me at that moment. Uh, and just, just, it really is a great story. So just 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 for uh, just just quickly for the audience, can you recap what what, what happened there? That Buffalo Wild Wings went. Yeah, Bader I mean crime? the 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 long and short of it was I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings by myself watching uh, the the Tito versus Bader fight, and uh, along the bar where I was sitting was a bunch of like real stereotypical early aughts MMA bros wearing their, you know, full affliction out extreme couture stuff. But no, no offense. Love no all worries, guys. No worries. Yep. But, but, uh, you know, just flaming Ed Hardy shirts and, uh, you know, all, all everything you'd ever expect someone to look like. They're all, you know, older than me, probably in their forties at the time, huge Tito fans, right? Rooting for Tito. And I'm like, there is no fucking way that Tito Ortiz is going to beat Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader is going to take him down, beat the bejesus out of him on the ground. It's going to be over. So I'm like, these guys are chatting really loud, and I'm like, well, I mean, just watch. Bader's going to take this guy down and, and, and beat the stuff down. Tito's past his prime. Obviously, we all know what happens. Tito drops Bader with a jab and and chokes him out, and that guy absolutely rubbed every inch of everything in my face that I was wrong. And he was, he was about ready to take his shirt off and start flexing at me. So it was, it was basically a group of uh, 20, 45 year old, MMA bros just ready to, to beat me up because I was wrong about Bader and Tito. <laughs> I'm pretty much picturing a bunch of dudes who look like a mix of Tiger King and one of his boyfriends with the tap out tattoos. Yeah, exactly. They may have been like uh, small town cops. I don't know. <laughs> that is great. Can we just collectively agree before we move on that like that is the worst when the MMA gods validate those fans and those views? I know. It's, it's a real bummer. It doesn't happen too often, but man, that was one where I was eating crow for a long time. 
All right, folks, forgive us here for being a little self-indulgent with this banter, but uh, hey, we're all going through this quarantine together, so there was a bit of a little, uh, you know, and me and Jordan, we're actually friends and enjoy talking to each other, so hopefully you guys don't mind the small talk, but yes, we did not lose sight of the target. We are going to, as I say on my podcast, stay on target, stay on target, a uh, little Star Wars <laughs> reference there, um, but we're going to stay on target here and do our top five MMA crowd reactions. I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, at the end, we'll get the submissions in transition, honorable mentions. But, of course, for those who aren't aware, we're going to go from five to one. Uh, going back and forth, uh, Jordan, why don't, why don't you, uh, why don't you kick, kick off the program? You know how this format works. Yeah. What, what was your number five? five? Number five is always an interesting number. Yeah, five's always interesting because it's like right on the chopping room floor. So it's like hard to uh, to distinguish what's the first honorable mention and what's number five. But for me, uh, this one has a little bit of bias to it just because it's a guy that I always really loved watching fight. And so a huge reaction for him. Uh, I picked at my number five spot, I put UFC 83 when GSP uh, fought in Montreal against Matt Sarah for the second time. Uh, just the pop that he gets from the crowd when as soon as like, cause there's already a lot of hype going into it. It's in Montreal. He's the hometown guy. Uh, and then as soon as the crowd sees him in that red gi with the headband, it goes up on the, the, the big screen, man, they lose it. It, it just, it's definitely, it gives me chills thinking about it. Honestly. Uh, I just watched it this morning cause I was like flipping through some things this morning, trying to figure out what I wanted to put in the top five. And man, that one, like, and he just, Everything about GSP in that fight seemed like different. He was so focused. He had he had really stripped down his training to just training. He kind of got rid of the entourage and and all that stuff after the the for the the Sarah knockout. So, man, that that's just a it's a really cool one. If you haven't seen it in a long time, do yourself a favor. There's a, there's a really good YouTube video, high quality. Uh, go watch it because it's the crowd's already there's there's a there's a pretty good uh, element of just ambient noise like people are excited there's tension in the air and then as soon as like the the music's going it's getting hyped up and then bam they show them in that re- that bright red gi with the the, the dope ass samurai headband and like the dude they, that place just loses it so that's my number five. Oh, uh, that's a great one, man. That that ties with two honorable mentions. One I'll save for later, um, and another one was which is what was one of mine that I. Uh, uh, was going to compare it to, but it was a much weaker comparison and much weaker than anything that was on the list. But uh, South Korea, uh, when they went there for the first time for ben- UFC uh, Fight Night 79, when they went there for Benson Henderson and mm-hmm. Jorge Masvidal, uh, mm-hmm. and just the, even from like the opening prelims, like what, what do you, uh, Glenn from The Walking Dead, Dong Young Ma, just getting a slam KO'd. Like yeah. you just heard yeah. like just the, the crowd, and it reminded me of, of, mm-hmm. of what that must have sounded like. Um, but he does look like Steven Young. Nothing. Yeah, he does. He does. Poor, <laughs> he really poor guy. Does. He really, and he got the same kind of beatings too, but that's, let's not go there. Um, <laughs> speaking of spoilers, but, but no, but no, obviously, um, your example's so much better to the fact that I, I'll say this, Jordan, you tell me if you, you, you sign off on this. If you had the MMA time machine to go back to certain MMA crowds, um, I would, you know, and I won't get too deep into it in case it, it ties in with any, any lists, but I would take that the Bell Center crowd, uh, specifically for that fight when when George is getting the first takedown of the fight over yeah. the record setting, I believe it was Rogers Center, UFC exactly. 129. I'll, I'll take that one over the Montreal crowd over that. Yeah, man, it was crazy because, you know, obviously it's his hometown, so, right. so it's, it, it's amped up to begin with. But then it's also like George kind of seemed like this was right at the start of his like, man, this guy might be one of the best like Dude. people are starting to think like like he could be you know he's beaten matt hughes at this point and like because he he had that fluke knockout or i don't want to call it a fluke not not to take anything away from matt sarah right he lands a big shot sarah lands a big shot he he winds up winning that fight 
and so it's like, oh man, I don't know what's happened. But then he comes back and dominates Koscheck, beats Matt Hughes, and then you know coming into this fight, he's the interim champ going up to kind of unify the belt. Man, it was that atmosphere is wild. And then that kind of that kind of starts that trajectory of arguably one of the best runs in MMA history. It's still the best resume for my money is George St. Pierre. And that time was awesome because it was like this three-horse race for the greatest pound-for-pound fighters. Mm-hmm. You had BJ amidst, uh, amidst his lightweight run. And Anderson, um, you know, it was even before he he, he kind of delivered the stinkers with uh, Maya or Latus. And so he was yep. uh, he was well amid the prime of his run. That was mm-hmm. a special time in MMA if you were, if you were following. All right, that's a good one. My number five, the one I ended up siding with. You know, like you said, number five is an interesting number because it's a chopping block. And for me, especially people, you know, familiar with our top five shows, but well, Hipster Dan Tom's going to go hipster or something really random or, le- you know, I'll, I'll usually throw it in the number five spot. That's what I did here. And usually, maybe because I'm a bit of a contrarian or I don't know where this rule comes from, but, uh, you know, I, I know plenty of other people that kind of do similar things where recency bias we acknowledge by almost shunning recent things that happen and seldom, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to timestamp these lists, but seldom will you see me, for example, put something within six to eight months of it happening, uh, you know, yep. on my list. I couldn't avoid it here, Jordan, because it was a crowd reaction. The crowd got creative. It took something like a low blow that we see every MMA card and just gave it a whole new dimension in Washington, D.C. when Stefan Struve took a low blow from Ben Rothwell. You know what I'm talking about, right, Jordan? Yeah. Uh, oh. oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> that was great. That was a really good one. That was uh, funny. How's uh yeah, that was that's a good one. I mean, cuz you know, what else can you really compare that with as far as you know, and and uh, uh you know, interactions without, you know, you know, maybe burning picks here, but like I mean, uh, you, that is interacting in real time. That's not just one interaction, one chant, sticking with it and 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 just, you know, being monotonous with it. They were they were having fun in there. Yeah, so I think one thing that MMA crowds, uh, one one way in which MMA crowds differ from any other traditional American sport is that the 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 crowd experience is it's more um, it's more like a party ish, I guess. Uh, it, it reminds me way more of club football in the, in Europe than it does of any other uh, you know professional sport because if you go to a football game or a baseball game or a basketball game you never get that kind of stuff that oh, oh. but if you watch like premier league soccer or, like any of this this uh, european football you'll hear that kind of stuff all the time they're singing fun songs they have cool chants stuff like that and i feel like that is way closer to what mma fandom is and maybe it's because mma is such a global thing rather than you know where not to say basketball isn't global or anything like that but those are uh, almost traditionally american sports at this point with with the highest levels being only here but mma you've got fantastic martial artists all across the world and maybe maybe that's that's what it is it contributes to more of a a global type thing but but yeah it almost reminds me more of like a a a big time european football match but with the way that people are chanting and coming up with creative sayings and then the crowd just gets into it like crazy that's totally true like despite you know the footage of between cameraman or crowd altercations of NBA players like diving into the crowd really the worst the crowd does there is they do those stupid little like wacky inflatable you know you know mm-hmm. arm tube guy thing uh yeah. you know like noodles behind the thing yeah to try to mess up the guy when they're shooting the free throw like could you imagine yeah. someone busting those out at a MMA show Jordan like like what are you doing bro I'm trying to... maybe he'll miss the punch yeah like, what the fuck? maybe he'll forget to duck <laughs> the only person you'll be throwing you throwing off with you know big big colors in the audience is uh, uh, Matt Hamill. Didn't he used to go off like colored cue cards? 
or something. I believe so. Yeah. I hope yeah, they. I hope they got rid of that real fast. Hopefully they didn't go too long because that's just. I'm. Yeah, that's wild. I'm sure they did. That's that is. I wonder if we'll ever have that type of a situation in the in the UFC again, where a fighter has got some hearing impairment, so they have to come up with some some other kind of thing besides like the clapper or the the bell or whatever. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, but yeah, that is my number five. Uh, you know, just, just just kind of a silly one there, but it just it, it was unique, and I, I was having trouble um, deciphering these other ones, which I'll get into later. So, let's get on to number four, Jordan. Uh, let, All right, stay at the steering wheel. What do you got, man? Uh, so number four, this is one that I was initially going to put way higher on my list, um, but then I saw. Uh, the the little interaction that I saw online with this, everyone had mentioned it. Plus, you used an image of it when promoting it, so I was like, well, I can't put this as like my number one or number two, uh, even though it's it's it may be my favorite, like just out out of my heart because it's the first time. Okay, so it's you. If you don't know what I'm talking about at this point, it's UFC 142 in Rio. Uh, Jose Aldo knocks out Chad Mendes right at the bell of round one, and then just books it out of the cage and jumps into the crowd. Gets hoisted up on shoulders. He's got the flag. Everyone's like chanting and singing, and it's it it's a it was an amazing scene to see. It was it's so cool, and it's honestly I think it spawned some copycat ishness after that. Like other we've seen other people mm-hmm. jump into the crowd. That was really the first one I can remember where someone like and it 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 really did seem unscripted and just totally a hundred percent emotion. Like he was so hyped up in front of that huge Rio crowd. He gets the knockout after fighting off takedowns for like three and a half minutes of that round it seemed like like he was up against the cage working and i may may have may have been some grabbing of the cage who knows no one knows but (laughs) but but you know that's a hard fought win man like anyone who's ever done any kind of training knows avoiding takedowns for three minutes is extremely tiring and then to get a knockout like that in a championship fight after all that grueling work like that is extraordinarily rewarding in front of a home crowd so he was amped up he jumps into the crowd it's a cool moment that felt very authentic. I feel like sometimes when people leave the cage and go to other things, uh, not to step on any other picks, uh, it, it sometimes can feel contrived and scripted and like this one felt totally natural and authentic. And that's, that's why I like it so much. Absolutely, man. Um, this was different than BJ's leaving the ring for Kyle Uno. Cause BJ just went back to back, <laughs> backstage, but like people, we saw people like, like even like Jose Aldo's Nova and Yao counterpart. What's his name? He fights like once every three years. Um, Hakran Diaz? No, no, he, no. he fought even back in Pride. He was the jujitsu uh-huh. long, lanky guy. Uh, he knocked <laughs> out Kevin Lee, and then he did it. He did the BJ Penn thing. He, uh, UFC one ninety four. Gosh, yes. I love how you. I remember like every other detail besides the guy's no, name. I know to drive, I'll, to drive. I'll, no. I'll find it in a second. I'll, I'll, I'll kill time, but yeah, um, but yeah, you're right. And and Jose Aldo, like he was the first to do that, and we would see other people try to uh, imitate it. And not trying to hate, but like one of my favorites. Was uh, I, I think it was Stevie Ray and Mafra, mm-hmm. uh, Mafra or whatever knocks him out in like Scotland. He hops the cage right, mm-hmm. and then goes into the crowd and he gets the people, immediate people around him. Like they're not hoisting him up like Aldo by any means, but it's a it's a it's a good reaction, right? Like the people immediately around him, and then you hear Gooden go, "It's like Jose Aldo and Rio," exactly. and then yeah, yeah. Right, but then the cameraman does the ultimate disservice that right. Right after the commentator does that, he's like, let me reinforce the commentator curse. And he, like, zooms out for a wider mm-hmm. pan, and it just killed the shot because you saw everyone. Exactly. Everyone, like, just even just two layers around doing nothing. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's not, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Uh, yeah, uh, Leonardo Santos. Was the guy Leonardo, thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Leonardo Santos, for saving the people like me who were probably on the other side of the uh, podcast screaming at the microphone. It was, it was driving me crazy, too. I had to look it up on my phone real quick. Uh, no, man, that's that's a it's a it's a good point, man. And it spawned lots of imitators. And it's it, it, it's just a cool moment that, like, 
kind of all the circumstances led to what happened being perfect and i don't think you could recreate it if you tried 100 percent, man um it's well deserving on the list no shame on putting it on there i I didn't put it on mine probably because i ended up using it for the yeah for the tweet but like let's be honest it's got to be one of the first if not the first image that comes to your mind if someone you know batted this topic your way agreed my number four also took place in brazil jordan years later uh, we talked about the crowd going crazy in Brazil just now, but correct me if I'm wrong, silence is a reaction, right, Jordan? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think, you know, speaking, we talked about Roger Centers, and just you, just because something's a record-breaking audience doesn't necessarily mean it's going to get on the list. As crazy as that what UFC 129 show was, spoiler alert, it could be deserved to be on your list. It's not on mine. I'll just step on that. To say that UFC 198 was a record-setting audience. Uh, I believe still in the top three, if not top five, for UFC all time. Yeah. And to hear that just go silent. I mean, for Bricio Verdum, it was a close fight. It was a heavyweight fight. But at the same time, if, if, especially if you're asking someone like me, I mean, Verdum was not getting his due. The, the, you know, uh, he, he submitted Fedor years before, and mm-hmm. uh, no one believed he was going to beat Kane. Uh, except, you know, I was I was somebody shouting that he was a really bad matchup for him, and and ended up being so. Um, and if he beats Stipe, you know, he pretty much cements himself uh, as the greatest heavyweight, pretty much. You know, because Stipe, look what he did. He he ended up doing getting the most title defenses ever at UFC level. Yeah. So it's just such a huge match. And, of course, we know what happens. Uh, Verdum gets tagged early, kind of has that Muay Thai sensibility where he's like, oh, I get tagged, I'm going to tag you back. Chases Stipe, gets knocked out off the back foot in a really crazy knockout, right, in that sense. And it's just silent. And you and I wrote in my notes here, I'm the world champ. I'm the world champ. Because that's yeah. all you could, you could hear Stipe as clear as day. Because everybody like was quiet. Yeah, I'm the world champ. Hey, brother. <laughs> Yeah, you want hot dog skin and creaminess? Ooh, what's that? <laughs> hey, brother. No, man, that's a good. That's a really good pick. Yeah. It's almost like I think the crowd was trying to process what happened because that's what I was feeling too. It's like, why is he just sprinting at him? What's he doing? And then boom, he gets knocked out. You're like, and, and remember the crowd? Fabrizio Verdum went in his own pocket to like supply like fifty thousand like of his, his own yeah. Fabrizio Verdum guy Fox Max masks. So the, you, just, the, yeah, you the, see everybody the, slowly the putting them down. Revealing oh, sad faces, sh- like oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just so tough. Oh, I'm not trying man. to, I'm not trying to laugh. I was, I was rooting for Verdum there, so, but I'm just saying that it was, such, it was such a crazy, great moment. Like holy shit. It was. Uh, no, you're right. That that uh, uh, you're very right. I forgot about the masks. Actually, that's really funny to think about like that. <laughs> but that, I think more than anything, it was just, uh, it it was confusion. Like I said, man. Like because it was like, yeah, he got tagged early. And then it was just, I don't know if he was not all with it or if it was just like you said, maybe that that sense, that Muay Thai sensibility where he's like, all right, I got to get you back. But he was literally just running with his hands down at Steep A. And I was, I remember talking to my wife who was not watching, just sitting next to me on her phone. I was like, what is he doing? And she's like, what? And then he got knocked out. I was like, what is he doing? And then I was just silent for a few seconds. And like, that's kind of what the crowd did. They were like, what? It was uh, it was wild, man. That's, that's a good one because I, I don't think I ever would have thought about that, like using the silence as a reaction. Yeah, yeah, maybe that should have been my hipster number five pick. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I, 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 not to hint too much what my number three is, but I don't want to keep beating this topic to death. So why don't you stay with, uh, with the steering wheel for number three, then we'll we'll switch things up and uh, for number two and one. 
Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Let me uh, let me get back here. Uh, my number three pick. All right, so this is another one, and maybe you're sensing a pattern here. What what really gets me and gets gets my hackles up? Uh, my number three was the UFC's first venture to Liverpool, which was on May 27th of 18. The main event was Wonderboy Thompson against hometown kid Darren Till, right? And uh, to to quote Darren Till here. He thought this is their first time here. He wants them to have. He wants the UFC to have a good time and Dana White to have a reason to come back. So for his intro song, instead of his normal "In the Air Tonight" by Phil Collins, which is a pretty good sleeper pick for a uh, walkout song, by the way, uh, but Darren Till chose instead to go with a much more upbeat, sing-songy, crowd-chanting uh, "Sweet Caroline" by Neil Diamond, and he walks out to Sweet Caroline and everyone in that arena is singing Sweet Caroline. It was pretty freaking cool, man. And so my, my number three pick is, uh, is when Darren Till comes out, uh, walk, his walkout with, with the, the entire crowd doing the Sweet Caroline, ba, 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 which like a, everyone's at a Boston Red Sox yeah. game. It was crazy, but, but, uh, it was cool, man. That was, that was another really good one that I think, uh, it just, it, it was a cool crowd moment. Definitely. In fact, that actually was my number two. So I'm going to do a, a switcheroo here. And uh, I'm going to switch my number two and three so I can join you on this one. So Right on, dude. Um, I'm totally with you. And I know people. So there's going to be people out there that are going to be in the camp of, that. I hate that song, that's a bad song. Or I get that, you know, that it, it was, you know, it's funny because you're totally right. Because the, the setup to it was like Darren Till going, we're going to hear Phil Collins' drums at the Echo Arena. we fucking great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, like, like that's, that's uh, so there we go. It's, it's by the way, those of y'all that like the weird voices on the Protecting Neck podcast, y'all want me to do YouTube as well, and I'm trying to do that now. But just to let you know, there's probably going to be less of me doing impressions because uh, I feel a lot more more stupid uh, doing yeah. them uh, video visually. Well, for sure. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, but like, it, it, but I can't help. Darren Till is part of my my, uh, my my my. Even when I leave like the house, I always tell my dogs, Jordan. I go, it's okay. Thought be Bach. <laughs> every time, but but yeah, he's building it up, right? Like Phil Collins, the fucking drums, um, and he comes out to Sweet Caroline, and and, the, and it's great because it takes you by surprise, even though you know if you're familiar with whether Americans you're familiar with the Boston Red Sox or whether it's the seventh or ninth inning, whenever they do that, or um, obviously the the the, the soccer slash football teams. And that yeah. whole culture, you kind of touched on that and the similarities with that crowd before, right? And that's why it translates over so well. And yes, I know that now, you know, Dana's probably going to do the thing to him like he did with Uriah, where Uriah's like, I actually wanted to stop coming out to uh, Tupac like years ago, but I have mm-hmm. to now because it's just like Cowboy has to come out to Cowboy uh, by yeah. Kid Rock. It's, you know, so it's, it's going to be one of those things for Darren Till, too. So it's never, in other words, it's never going to get better than this card and and this moment that that Jordan is is picking there. So I will say that for, for the haters because uh, whether you like the song or not, the moment's just yeah. awesome. You know, especially my favorite part, Jordan was the so good, so good. So when, good. You know, when yeah. he's when he's getting yeah, batted so, down. Personally, I don't love that song. It's nothing right. special to me. But but the moment was awesome. And like, if you want to pick a sing songy, uh, you know, something to get the crowd into it, like that's a perfect one because it's. You don't have to sing the verse, even though that's like six words in the verse. Very easy. The everyone on earth knows the chorus, and if you don't, after you hear it the first time, you know it. 
Yeah, and I love that, like, how, like, the, the Deathly Wake Cut footage, like, got, you know, released yeah. shortly after that, which kind of makes it funny when, I don't know if you went back to rewatch this, uh, I did, and I'm, I'm rewatching it going, like, this guy was on, like, Death's Doorstep. Yeah. Like, not that even 24 bad. hours ago. I know, that was a bad, that, that fight was in question. Like, yes. he, he was bad. Yeah. yeah, he missed weight for that fight. And then I actually watched the post-fight after and doing, doing research here for this one. And he even gets a good crowd reaction for the, um, you know, his post-fight. That's where he's like, I forget, he's he's like midway answering a question. He's like, yeah, you know, Stephen was good. But then all of a sudden he goes, come on, come on, yes, yes. And he starts like, and the crowd's like going with him though. But it was, yeah. it was like weird. It was like, they, they totally, like, he, he was sporadic and spazzy, but the crowd matched him. It was, it was yeah. cool. It was cool. Scousers, man. Crazy. Yeah, I love it. Oh, that was awesome. All right, well, let's do the Chinese fire drill now since I burned my what was originally my number two, and I'll give my what was originally number three as my now number two. This one was kind of a general one. There was plenty of Brazil examples. We've already just burned two, right, Jordan? And mm-hmm. and, and there's plenty of, of specific Brazil ones. And I'm not going to go, oh, the Uva Mohe just in general or the Brazil crowd in general, which is fine. It is right. worthy if you want to do that on the list, by the way. But one of mine is just, I remember when when the UFC first started going back to Brazil, because if you remember, they were in Brazil before, the, the ultimate Brazils, although they weren't as good. I think like Pat Militich headlined one of those cards right, right. back in the yeah, day. Yeah. But like uh, you got Bruce Buffer, which he might have even been, been there for those, but you definitely weren't getting the same reaction. And Bruce Buffer, one of his things is, you know, it's time. And we've heard it through the golden age at this point. Uh, and at the very end of the proverbial golden age of the UFC, we're, we're in Brazil, right? And I remember the first reactions there, just hearing the crowd. They would match Buffer. Do you remember? They would match his cadence. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the camera, and I love it because the production, it's like they would go to the outward mics and they would go to the outward shot, the master shot of the overhead arena, and you would just hear everybody go with and you, And you know that like this, this, there probably was no higher high in Buffer's life than just probably doing that for the first time. I, I would love to ask him that someday, but just the crowd just going in unison and adding that ominous effect like you're in the the church of violence and it was it was freaking awesome yeah that was probably like uh if it was christmas in the house and his mom was like i do love you more than michael (laughs) 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 i've never talked to bruce but i've always assumed that like what what that has got to be the weirdest household to grow up in like with these two people with these magnanimous voices that (laughs) like like and michael gets all this notoriety first and then bruce has had the state the the staying power but like i've always thought like i wonder if he's like "Mm, do you love me yet mommy Again, I'm I'm drawing blanks, but something else I wanted to bring up to you, and this was another perfect example of it. But that's like you could tell me and Jordan folks grew up in like the Simpsons era slash family okay. beginning of Family Guy stuff because that's what that was. That's a total Simpsons. That was a total Simpsons joke right there. That was one of those total like side like those those side those, those little body shots of a joke that are just at that at that another level that they were giving giving you in that layered performance that was the Simpsons in their golden years. But in all seriousness, that is a very good pick, Dan. Like, uh, the, that's it's still like even watching it now when when you get a big uh, like a big fight with a big hype around it with a big crowd yeah. that, that that still kicks in with it. It still kind of gives me. It still works. Like, don't fix it. You know, don't don't fix what's not broke. So, uh, that that's a good one, man. I didn't even think about something like that too. And and now I'm realizing how big this topic is because it's like, I feel like I might have scoped in on one tiny aspect of what crowd yes. reactions are. And like it's easy to do because like now I'm like oh man that is a good idea I didn't even think about that and and, and just to pause for a second we probably should have done, I should have done a better job of setting this up as we just kind of you know again we're so comfortable with each other we we're kind of shooting the shit but um 
like we said, the reason why is it's strange times. So we're going to be bringing you these top five shows. And and again, it's kind of self-serving because it, it actually helps us, folks. It, it, it gives us content and things to do as well. But I bring that up again because we're talking about crowd reactions here. And I don't know if you're getting this, Jordan, but not even just for researching this topic. Like I'm doing this other thing that I'm going to be uh, dropping on uh, Twitter. I'm uh, just kind of reiterate a uh, half guard list. So I'm going through some footage, uh, just old footage in general, right? And every time they do cutaways to the crowd, like it gives me a different feeling now because, and we're not even that deep into this uh, self quarantine. You know, we're not on official lockdowns depending on what state or what country you're in. U.S. is sadly not as uh, enforcing it as other places. Let's just say, although we're, we're we're hopefully getting better there, but we're not even that deep into it essentially. And when I see crowds congregate, even just on, it's, it, I. I I don't want to use the word nostalgia if that's too strong, but it, it's striking weird chords with me, Jordan. Am I crazy here? No, no, same thing, man. Like I was watching, uh, I was watching a movie last night, and like there was a scene where a guy was on a train or like a bus or a train or something or a subway, and like they were all packed in, and I was like, ugh, there's germs everywhere. Yes, get away. right. They're, yeah, they're gonna get stuff. Like, right. like it's just stuff that, like, looking back at it now, you're like. Like, obviously, there are, there are things that we have to do in life to get – like, if you've got to get to work, buy the subway or buy the bus or whatever, you're going to have to be around the public. But, like, looking at it now, you're like, oh, man, we are filthy people, and we are so close to each other all the time. And, like, it's a wonder that this type of thing hasn't happened since, you know, the early 1900s. It, 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 it's it's kind of crazy that it hasn't. Obviously, I hope everyone listening to this is staying safe and doing everything you can to keep you and yours safe. But, like, it's wild, man. And, it, and it's scary. And the scary thing is that some people aren't taking this as seriously as they need to. But that's near there to there. Abs- so. Absolutely. And, and you know, and, and just to tether, re-tether it back to – or keep it tethered, I should say, to MMA is that – on that note, like yeah, we're 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 not to timestamp it too much, but the the, the talk is how are they gonna UFC is gonna pull up their next scheduled event, which as of this podcast is UFC two forty nine, and obviously mm-hmm. the the crowds are the biggest question. The last card the UFC officially did UFC Brasilia went down with no crowds. So again, tethered into this kind of conversation and, and topic we're tackling here on this show. It's just so weird because you're right. There's that side of it, right? Like I used to live in uh, uh, Brooklyn and work in Manhattan. So I was taking the train back and forth every day. And we've seen the exposure rates as New York is the epicenter, at least for the United mm-hmm. State, States and, and, and pretty high in the world rankings. But on the other side of it, back to the crowds, I dare say the positive side of it, Jordan, which is kind of, you know, a double-edged sword as, as are a lot of things right now. But, you know, I'm looking at these like record-setting crowds and these crowds just in – enjoy and like my number one when we get to it like because there, there's video uh footage of it um and um and and some video footage that i even took of it if that kind of gives you a hint what my number one will be and you just see people embracing each other hugging like those are just the craziest crowd moments and i'm watching these and i'm like when are we getting back to this and like and even like thinking positively, I'm like, man, it's gonna be so powerful. Um, mm-hmm. To end this thought, I guess on a positive note, how power? I mean, it's powerful for me to go back and watch some of these crowd reactions, right? Uh, tying it to the episode, mm-hmm. but like, how powerful is it gonna be when we get back to that point eventually? You know what I'm saying? Is it gonna is it gonna mean that much more to us? I hope it does, but like, yeah, you know, I I think it's I think like you like you said, it's gonna be a double edged sword where it's gonna be, you know, we're not gonna take being able to be close to our friends and families for granted anymore. But it's also going to be the type of thing where it's like, we know more now and we know like, you know, it's always going to scare us. It's going to be like, 
is something else going to happen? Is is this going to happen again? Type of thing. But yeah. you know, hopefully, more than anything, it just makes us aware of what we have and and to you know treat it as such and not take anything for granted. But yeah, man. Absolutely, and hopefully that didn't uh, get, put a dark tinge on the topic, but more <laughs> just more just honestly yeah. more just rooted yeah. it to the ground and, and made it more yeah. um, rich because it it, it it really you know there there's a lot more legs to do in this topic right now than than if we did it last year, right, Jordan? Yeah. Oh, for sure. All right. So on that note, I guess we're at number one, right? You just gave me your no, number two, uh, or no? I You're have, still I your number two. Number two. Yeah, I haven't done my two yet. All right. Which let's I do just it. I just did a last minute swaparoo here for oh, it. So I'm taking, let's do it. taking what I had as two out and putting it in honorable mentions because right. I just I just remembered one. Uh, so. Uh, I don't remember the entire backstory, and if you remember it, maybe you can fill in a little bit. But uh, uh, it's it's UFC 120, and the fight is Condit versus Hardy, right? And so in the in the front row of that, like there's often there's celebs that go to all these fights, right? There's always celebs at these fights, especially when they're big ones. Uh, at in the front row of this fight, there were three celebrities all sitting together because they had just got done filming a movie or were currently filming a movie, right? So it's Jude Law, Robert Downey Jr., and Guy Ritchie. They're filming one of the Sherlock Holmes movies. They're right there. Uh, th- was that fight in in England? I can't yes, remember. Yes. Okay. So yeah, there you go. So it's in England. They're filming that movie there. You got two Brits and an American, and I believe, uh, I, well, obviously, I think Guy Ritchie and Jude Law were probably rooting for Dan Hardy as the Englishman, and uh, Downey Jr. as the as the American was probably rooting for Condit, uh, because when the knockout eventually happens and Condit lands that huge left hook, Hardy goes down. The first person to jump out of their seat in the entire arena is Robert Downey Jr. And there is a still frame if you Google image like rdj uh ufc 120 there's an image of everyone sitting down condit has just landed that big clean left hook and hardy's on his way down and robert Downey jr is already out of his chair with his hands up in the air like that because he knows that that it's one and it was such a cool reaction because it was a little silent a little crazy but it was really really cool man to see uh the, the 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 first guy to lose his shit over that knockout was robert Downey jr Dude, that is a great one. I totally forgot those guys were in attendance, and I didn't even realize that that whole uh, the reaction part of it. And that's pretty insane, especially you know now uh, you know how many you know uh, interviews later has you know Downey Jr. I don't know if he's one of the yep. Endeavor people or not celebs, but he you know how many shows and and you know uh, interviews as he references his his fandom and for martial arts. Yeah, that. that's that's crazy. I didn't even realize that. Wow. Yeah, I, to- it's a great I totally pick. forgot That's a great about pick, it until, man. Uh, until we were talking and something reminded me of it. And I was like, I wonder which one. And so I kind of got that one out. And it's, a, it's a unique one. It's a very individ- individualistic one, but it's still a crowd. Well, it's a great fight, too. It was one of my things like Canaries in, my coal, in the coal mine as far as breaking down fights where like when a fighter uh, goes for the title and fails, regardless if it's justified or not, there seems to be a lot of inflation in their next fight. Like, like yeah. they're, they're, in other words, their skills are overestimated by odds makers, let's just say, to be fair. Yeah. And, you know, you had that vibe of like, man, GSP couldn't submit him for five rounds. Let's see what Hardy can do now. He's still young. Oh, he's got to be hungry now. And then you have Condit who comes in, like the only forgivable time, in my opinion, that he doesn't come in into Rage Against the Machine. He comes in, do you remember that, that the Jimi Hendrix uh, electric yeah. guitar national anthem? Yeah, and that was just so was bad. badass, like, like an fu, you know. And that wasn't, and it was not like you know Carlos Condit's like some Colby Covington guy who was like trying to get yeah. a pop from the crowd with the American flag, like it, you know, it made it that much more genuine, like oh yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, he was he was on foreign soil. He was proud of where he came from or whatever. And like, I think it was, yeah, no, yeah, he wasn't being a, a heel like a Covington or whatever. I think Con, if anyone who's ever met Carlos kind of knows he's about the farthest thing in the world from a from being like a heel or a bad dude. But like, yeah, man, that was uh, that not only was that a that was, uh, was a really hyped up fight, but I I had forgotten about the kind of individual nature of the that. And I remember uh, I think Downey doing an interview afterwards, and they said they might have had some money on on it him and him and those guys. So oh, uh, it's, wow. it's it's just. It's really, it's really, it's a cool image. I, I suggest everyone cool. go if you haven't seen go it in a while. That. Yeah, yeah, because it, literally everyone in the crowd sitting down, kind of processing what's happening. Downey's jumping out of his chair, hands in the air. It's, it's a cool picture. That's awesome, man. All right, folks. Number one time we are here. Um, kind of hinted it. Uh, I, I, I got video of this myself. Um, I was watching this fight. Uh, main event and I felt like the finish was coming soon so I did one of those um, Instagram stories where it lets, it lets you record and I don't know how long it takes for it to get to the full circle before it extends into another video but it was just amount of the right time for one video and I got the finish Mike Beltran pulling Alima Lee McFarlane off of Valerie Letourneau and uh, the Blaisdell Arena in Honolulu, Hawaii uh, was the Bellator's first uh, trip there Big MMA show, first trip back since like the Elite XC days. And it was great. You had the Hawaiian flags in the air, the the audience going crazy. Kind of like what I said, you, you saw people like hugging and kissing and embracing each other. Like kind of like in a movie, like you would see like people over overacting, you know, like, like yeah. the extras. Like, But it wasn't a movie, obviously, so it wasn't overacting. It was genuine. And to feel those things, you know, in person and feel that bias and again, it, 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 it probably wasn't, you know, even half as loud if you if you surplant me in the Bell Center uh, for GSP Sarah 2, right, sure. Jordan? Yep. But the fact that I still felt that aura and the stomping and the chanting uh, within a small arena and it felt full, you know, as soon as, I mean, you look at the early rounds of that fight, it ends in round four, but as soon as round one and round two, when Alima Lay is getting uh, vowed to the ground for the first time, you just, similar to the South Korea, uh, you know, uh, feel that I got through the broadcast of just the base of the people chanting and stomping as they chanting there's something about the stomping and chanting when a, a group of cultural people for their cultural brethren mm -hmm. it's something extra powerful when you add those oh, cultural yeah. points and the stomping and the oh, oh, whatever they're saying in their native you know tongue and alimale of course was able to incite the crowd even before then with just her walkouts uh mm -hmm. for both times so that that's my number one that's that's a great pick, man. I was wondering if you were gonna gonna use that one because I know that I knew that you were there, and uh, it's definitely one that I thought about because it's it, it's got that emotional component. Anytime that there is somebody who's fighting on their home soil, I I feel like that is it's it's powerful and it can be powerful in multiple ways, like the GSP one where where it's just the the mass amount of people, or it's the Till one where it's like you know he's trying to make sure that this is like a fun raucous experience, or like uh like Alima May, like you said, where where it's like uh it's culturally significant. You know, this is something that's, that's, that's a big deal, not just for Bellator or for her, but for MMA in general, like we don't get a lot of big time MMA shows in Hawaii. And that's, if, if we're ever going like, uh, if we ever have a countdown someday, that's like anything that you wish could happen, like your dream scenarios that never came true is right. a huge UFC card with BJ Penn headlining in Hawaii. That's like my, my number one that I would, if that would have happened, that would have been my number one reaction. Right. I can guarantee it already. Totally, totally. Like, like so, so it, it's it's hugely significant, not just for her, not just for the sport, not just for this promotion, but but for for MMA and, and, and the the Hawaiian people in general. So. Awesome, awesome. 
Yeah, I had, to, I, had to, I had to go kind of biased there. That was probably predictable for, for a lot of y'all listeners of the Protect Your Neck podcast. But Jordan, I'm anxious to know, man. What did you get for your number one? So my number one is the only time I can ever remember a crowd reaction making like headlines outside of just MMA communities. And it was like the number one post on all of Reddit when it happened or like when it, when it came out and like they were writing news articles about it. Like, look how cool this is because there was camera footage from inside the arena. And it kind of falls in line with a couple of my other picks, too. It's a fighter fighting in their hometown with a really, really powerful walkout. And it's uh, that's that's Ashling Daly walking out to zombie in in Dublin, where the crowd is all singing "Zombie" by the Cranberries, and like it is, it is a crazy, crazy moment when every single person in there is singing that whole thing. And she's pretty calm, and she walks out, and she's kind of singing along too. But man, that thing exploded! I want to say that that video has millions and millions of hits on it. Like it was shared on like major news sites, and like like I said, it was like the number one post on Reddit for a day, which is crazy for anything MMA related to beat out like what's happening in politics or the biggest movies of the day. Like so it's wild. I think just significance wise that it reached outside people who would normally see that type of thing. So it's the biggest one I can think uh just kind of culturally. So that's that that was my number one. It was an easy pick for me for for the number one. That's awesome, man. And uh this was the second Dublin show, correct? Yeah, the second Dublin show. Yeah, yep. the Poye Duffy one that got nicks. That's such an awesome yep. pick. And and just to piggyback on that, um I, I really enjoy the crowd sing along moments too. They had a special part with me being that, you know, I used to used to be in a hardcore band and really love punk hardcore. Now, punk hardcore, it's not a lot, you know, beyond like tr- traditional street punk of three chords. You know, there's maybe a little more of that. It got, got metallic back in the day. But one of the key components, whether you're talking about metalcore or more punk hardcore, youth youthcore, these type of, uh, this type of music was the crowd interaction. Whether you're talking yeah. about the early days from the Bad Brains and Henry Rollins in the 80s, right? The yep. kids just smash dancing to the days I came up more in, the late 90s, early 2000s. And um, and what I just loved is like and I, the, the the thing I tell people like this does not sound people this guy is screaming and yelling and I'm like well I'm, I'm a weird high energy kind of guy so I, I dig that aspect but but I would always give this example like Rolling Stones are great I'm, I'm a big fan of the Rolling Stones but like you don't really see Mick Jagger handing off the mic to an audience member. Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe if the crowd is just right or certain footage, I'm sure he might do the thing where he does the general, you know, sure. put, puts the mic out. But I guarantee you he's not doing it at the cost of any of his singing parts. He's doing it in already established chorus parts. There's a lot of selfishness in even the best rock and roll, in other words. And when you can share with the crowd, it makes the experience, it makes the song, it makes your experience as somebody there for the show 10x better and it's something I tried to explain people to people so just imagine somebody tuning in like you said it was trending on reddit this walk this walkout with Ashlyn Daly and whatnot like even if they're not a big MMA fan like exactly. look how batshit crazy these people are getting in unison for some right. kind of this is special Right, 20,000 people singing along as a fighter in their, you know, a hometown girl is coming out. And also, I think, I, I don't think we should gloss over the fact that it's a woman that this is happening for. This yeah. is one of the biggest pops that I've ever seen for a female fighter coming out. And I mean, Rhonda had some huge ones. Holly had a couple big ones. Uh, Nunez is getting their cyborg, maybe. But like, Ashley Daly, a, a, a competent, 
long uh, long term fighter, someone who had been in the game a long time. I think she's since retired, but but uh, you know she's she's not she wasn't necessarily fighting for titles. She was a middle of the card performer, uh, you know, right. and, and she, she gets the biggest reaction of the night right. uh, with everyone singing this song. Cranberries, who are an Irish band as well, I think yep. it's kind of another another layer kind of on top of it. So cultural. And, and, yeah, it's it's cultural, man, and and that's it's that's that's significant for them because up to that point there hadn't been a lot of major promotions in Ireland. You know, maybe maybe uh, you know Cage Warriors had done some stuff over there, that type of stuff. But you, you get the second ever UFC show over there, that's that's big stuff. And obviously, since it's 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 gotten over there more. But just to touch on what you were saying, Dan, man, some of those basement shows where where the mic gets passed to the crowd and you got people running up on stage, and you're like, that guy's not in the band. Like, who is that? Like, <laughs> yes, that is, yes. That, that's cool though, man, because it makes you feel like you own it. Like it's it's your art too. It's not just somebody who's created it. And I think that's like, um, as someone who's who's made that type of art in the past, like that's I think the biggest compliment that something you make someone can take and feel like it's their own. And that's yeah. you know so that, that that speaks so much to that experience. So that's that's a that's a good way to kind of uh, keep it all together. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure plenty of people who have the similar interests as us can make that uh, can see that analogy quite well. So so thanks. But uh, let's let's uh, on that note, let's go to the uh, listener list before we get out of here with honorable mentions. Let's give them first stab at it, okay? And, I, and I'm glad, by the way. Last last thing, we totally unplanned, but both me and Jordan's number one crowd reactions were based on ladies. Yeah, That's man, pretty freaking cool. Yeah, I, I, didn't, cool. I didn't expect. I wouldn't have expected that. Nope. Going into this. No, not at all. Um, all right, uh, let's go. Let's give Brad Chuck uh, for, first dibs again at Brad Chuck. Uh, Brad, of course, member of the MMA Analysis Podcast. He gave us this topic. He also gave us a list, and his list kicked my list ass. Um, first, I don't think he didn't put a number on it, but the first one, this is one that probably I was like, this was the hardest one where I'm like, oh, I want to steal this one. Oh, I want to steal it on my list because it, 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 it should be on my list too. I feel like it definitely would if I was there live. But it was when Big Nog probably should have retired after KOing Brendan Schaub Brendan at UFC Schaub. 134. I thought about that one too, man. Yeah, that was that was a wild. When one. people yeah. were crying in the audience, you know, you yeah, had, you had that, that 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 thing. Uh, speaking of uh, Dublin shows and and crowd reactions and when there's you know culture, uh, cu- cu- cultural aspects to it. But uh, Connor Brandau finished UFC Dublin. Yep, it's a great one, great show. Yep. yep. Um, I haven't seen this one in a long time, so Jordan, feel free to weigh in. But Brad has a. Hadahiko Yoshida's first takedown against Vanderlei Silva at Pride Final Conflict 03. Whoa, that is a blast. I know uh, it was a shocker, but like I don't remember the. I haven't been spinning forever yeah, if I watch. I'd be lying if I, I remember. No, yeah, I, I don't remember it either because it's probably been a decade since I watched that fight. So I would have to go through and watch it again. Um, this one I've watched a lot of times uh, just over the course of the years because it's one of my favorite events. Um, like I was saying on Twitter the other day, which was the 2000 uh, GP Final Pride, where, uh, you know, Mark Coleman <laughs> wins. But there was also a. Uh, a, a grudge match or whatever, if you will, you know, when Sakuraba was taking on the Gracies. And of course that night he took on Hoist and when Hoist, right. Hoist's corner threw in the towel. Um, oh my goodness. That was, yeah, that was a big deal. That was a big and And again, speaking of silent silence is a reaction. We all know the, from the, you know, the uh, Tyson being upset in the early nineties to j- j- Japanese MMA, the Japanese crowd, not that loud. Right. I mean, just, right. they went bananas. They knew the significance of what that meant. Mm-hmm. And, the Gracies for whatever uh, criticisms of matchmaking and you want to say, right. That goes along with the legacy as well. Um, watching Helio, the grandpa take that, take it in stride and take it in class and take it in most stride than the whole family was, was really cool. And just watching, you know, uh, Sakuraba reach to the ropes to pay his respects to Helio. 
after that was just awesome. He made him say Mute. He said, yes, <laughs> yes. All right, uh, all right. <laughs> great reference there. Oh, man. Oh, great, great reference there. By the way, you'll have to maybe give your martial arts movie a reference for quarantine at the end here on the way out. Um, and then the la- la- last one on his list, he had uh, Randy Rock and Tim Sylvia, UFC 67. This one's that was a great one for me as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a very good one. <clears throat> his, uh, his, his honorable mention was GSP Sarah 2, which you already covered, but that's what I yeah. that's what I was hinting at earlier. Yeah, yeah, that is a good one. Um, so my my number two that I kicked off was uh, just to get that that Robert Downey Jr. one in there was uh, the the Masvidal As- uh, Askren KO. Because it, it happened so fast that I think the crowd just didn't know what the fuck happened. Like they were still, they were still hyped up from the bell ringing, from like the beginning of the fight that it was over, and people were. I think it took like longer than the fight took for people to understand what had what had happened and kind of process what was going on. So right. that, was a, that was an interesting one. No, um, totally. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, fire off your honorable mentions right now. We'll we'll, uh, okay. we'll we'll get those in. We'll get we'll get on uh, out of here. All right, yeah, I've got this is one that I didn't put on my list because I didn't know if it counted, but how about Connor taking uh, Aldo's belt at the press conference? Oh yeah, yeah, that that's right. That was nuts. huge. Yeah, people did. Yep. <laughs> it was so it wasn't it wasn't technically a fight, but uh but when he reaches over and takes that belt, he says, "Give me my belt." And like uh dude, that place lost it. Uh nice. Holly knocking out Ronda. Nice. That was that was a big one. Check that um, one off. That's a, yep. I had that yep. mention, yep. Uh, comeback finish when Congo, who was knocked out, came back and knocked out Pat Barry. That that was a wild sound because there was like 30 seconds where the crowd was going, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, it's just like, what is going to happen? Because this guy's that knocked out. And he's, like, and he's getting punched more. He's going to get knocked out. Then he knocks out the other guy. That, cra- that They didn't know what the fuck to do. That was wild. That's like when you go in your backyard and you're like, oh, I found five bucks. And then you go to pick it up and underneath there's 20 bucks. And you're like, what? And then you pick up the 20 bucks and there's 50 bucks. And then you pick up the 50 bucks and it's a Nintendo 64. And you're like, what? <laughs> so- <laughs> well, dude, that, that fight with that exchange will never get old. Like, how does that age poorly? Oh, how? It's wild. How? It's it's insane. And you you keep watching. You're like, how how did that happen? It's insane. Hey, real quick, uh, I just want to say, uh, home Holmes KO Rousey would have been worthy on anyone's list because that's one of those finishes in MMA that's like when Kennedy got shot. Like everybody remembers where they were. Oh yeah, yeah. I wasn't watching it. Oh have okay. I, that wow. story? I wasn't there. Yeah, I didn't but even I realize that. Yeah, no, I didn't get to see it live because I had I had a, a charity event, like a black tie charity oh, event. Yeah, I had. that's right. I remember and, this. I remember and this. I'm sitting, yes. Like watching my phone and like I'm getting so many texts and so many messages from everybody, and I'm like, motherfucker, something cool happened. God damn it, motherfucker. Holy so shit. Well, so I had to run home and I I had like DVR'd it or whatever, and so like I go through and watching, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm like, ah. But uh, my last uh, my, my my last honorable mention was uh, Gonzaga knocking out Crow Cop at Fight Night 64. Oh, that's a that's a good knockout. Out. That was a great knockout. Um, and I don't remember the reaction because I just think about the knockout. But yeah, and I will Talk. say, hey, pop pop uh, trivia. I think that was the first podcast uh, breakdown podcast me and Jordan ever did was uh, for MMA latest breakdown of uh, UFC 193. Yeah, so I, I, I remember you saying you, were, you had the kind of a bit bitterness of breaking down the card because you weren't going to watch it live. So now it's coming back to me. Yeah, man, it was That's a bummer, awesome. but yeah. That- was, right. uh, this is a, this is a fun one. All right, I'm gonna run through my list real quick, um, which is uh, Matt Brown entrance at UFC 198 uh, when he was getting fought, when he had to fight the crowd. That's um, Paul Buentello, early UFC. Don't fear me. <laughs> yeah, that goes into no reaction when the crowd left him hanging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh trying to gosh. cut like a trying to cut like an old school WWF the cool promo there. Promo. Yeah. I uh, this one. Um, 
Dude, correct me if I'm wrong. Speaking of giving MMA analysis a lot of shouts, but I believe one of those guys was in the audience and was one of the boo birds who booed Ally Quinta and actually got a reaction from <laughs> Al. Me. Yeah. Fuck you. You booed me? <laughs> that that could have been on anybody's list for it. Another steep A1 at UFC 203. Oh, 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 by the way, how much like does Stipe like does Stipe do the Nick Nolte like smoothie routine? Like instead of kale, he's like, he puts gravels and gravel and rocks. And yeah, he eats, yeah, he eats rocks yeah. in his uh in his in his omelets. Stipe stole my recipe for a gravel smoothie. Um, so, go ahead. we've been talking for an hour, Dan. I just yeah. realized my daughter has all her stuffed animals up behind me. So <laughs> I was looking like, at like, that. Like, like like an asshole with like where the wild things are guy right here. I was looking at that. I think everybody's going to be forgivable under the circumstances. <laughs> um, UFC Mexico City, Yair Jeremy. That was like a oh, yeah, yeah. classic boxing there when you see them do that in boxing. Uh, Just Bleed Guy. I mean, that counts as a crowd reaction. Um, yep. And then uh, I put uh, Tyron Woodley's mom for the Mark Quart KO because oh yeah, remember they were brutally like doing a, they, they they included Woodley in the in, in between round uh, Woodley's mom in the in between round highlight package and they're showing her jumping like yeah Tyron get him and then like it was the beginning of that round he gets KO'd and like he gets second comboed and she's like right behind the uh, broadcast booth and like you could see her too like oh I felt so bad I was like oh that was that was tough. And last one was oh no 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 we already covered that big nog in Brazil. Yep, those are my those are the honorable mentions. That was some fun. good ones on there, man. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. That was a fun one. That was fun. We ran it. That, you know, not not too bad because Jordan. Correct me if I'm wrong. We usually run like two hours. You know what I'm saying? So this is actually yeah. pretty good. I'd this say. is a land speed record for us. We're usually talking. Well, we didn't go on a 40 minute Japanese <laughs> MMA diatribe, so it was What's good. It, it, someone say Takeya Mitsugaki. Oh, did shit. you say? Did you say Omegawa? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Oh yeah. So, no, no. I've already been on a a a, a WEC and then Japanese MMA run. There. Uh, anything you want to say while we're while we're getting out uh, before we get out of here, Jordan? Uh, I, the only thing I would say, man, is just be nice to each other. And uh, if you can, I know times are tough for a lot of people, but if you can, now is a really good time to uh, you know, even if you you can't go out to get dinner somewhere, but buy a gift card from a, a local restaurant that that is probably getting screwed pretty hard. And uh, I mean, I, Dan, I don't know if this is something that's close to you, but I, I would assume it is. But I know, especially there's a lot of unfounded racism going on right now towards Asian Americans. And uh, so if you've got a local Thai place or a Chinese place or a, or a Japanese place that, that you would like to see stay open through all of this, buy a gift card, um, do what you can to keep those type of places alive. I appreciate that. Uh, and to be honest, I think that's, again, it's weird to say good thing and a bad thing, but I think that's the one good thing about this becoming a worldwide uh, issue is that now I think that even those people are kind of past it. Like, oh yeah, it's kind of futile. It's kind of an everyone, every person problem. Um, and I do second that too. Again, I'm more on the side of not, not to get political, but I'm more on the side of playing it safe. For example, when it comes to addressing this, that being said, that doesn't mean that I'm numb. Like I said, with the UFC, even though I, I laid out on, on the last episode, by the way, thank you guys for subscribing to the YouTube channel. Um, I guess I got to get to like a certain amount of subscribers before I can even have like a go visit me at YouTube backslash Dan Thomas. Like it won't let me do that. It's just. YouTube, uh, dot, uh, so just search Daniel Tom or go to at Dan Tom MMA uh, and, and all the links are there. Uh, thank you guys for those of you watching the first top five show on this format. But, um, oh yeah, back to the sad stuff. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. But like it, it, 
that is one thing though is is even though I'm on the side of playing things safe, obviously there's nothing more I would want than uh, UFC fights to watch right now, right? Yeah. And back to the restaurant note, which I totally agree with it. Again, even though I'm on the side of playing things safe, that doesn't mean I'm numb to what this is going to do to our economy, both in the U.S. and worldwide economy. As we're yeah. all finding out, we're, we're we're tethered a lot closer than we think we are, and we realize mm-hmm. it. So yeah, I totally, you know, uh, support that because it's been depressing. I've been trying <clears> to <throat> trying to stay in as most I can to protect. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm taking care of, well, three, now now down to two. Uh, I didn't mention this off the top of the show. I told Jordan. I actually lost my, you know, I, I, I'm keeping people up to date. It was expected. He was in hospice care. He held on way longer than he should have. But my my, grand, my grandfather actually passed, passed away in the middle of the night, the day we were recording this. So this was, um, you know, I, I definitely been trying to play it safe. But it, it's depressing to see what it's doing to everybody. And this was hopefully... It was a good distraction to you listeners as it was for me, and hopefully it was for you too, Jordan, a distraction. Because, again, we're all – it sounds cheeky, but we all are, all are in this together. We're all going through different things. We're all different people in different parts of the world. Not everything's the same, but that doesn't mean we're not all going through adversity um, together. And, and yeah, so it, 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 to, to lastly, with the first thing you said to tie this off, Jordan, which was be kind – Man, be kind to people right now because whether you're going through basic stuff because life doesn't stop as far as, you know, basic things are happening from like, you know, we're losing relatives or this or that to the adversity that we're all going through. It's probably not a bad idea, like Jordan said, to to probably be kind to each other and uh, at least to your friends and loved ones. Check in on them. And and this is very real. Uh, This is a time where we all need uh, some mental health support, even those us who never had any kind of issues or anything like that like this is time where we all got to be strong for each other man be kind yep agreed all right sorry to get deep and preachy there but again we're going to be coming with these top five shows that are mma related to kind of help with the distractions thank you again jordan for joining me and helping us kick this off we're definitely going to have you back again sooner than later um and uh thank you guys all for listening uh and until next time protect and